I am Karin. And I'm Andrew. And we are the new botanist. So, Andrew, today we're talking about uh, the monstera, or as uh, my children now call it, the, the delicious monster, because one of our friends who is South African calls it that. Um, but um, what can you tell us about the monstera? Well, actually, that is the direct translation uh, from the Latin name. So they're not wrong. So the Latin name, obviously, is the Monstera Deliciosa. And the common name we sort of associate with this plant is the Swiss cheese plant because it has holes like Swiss cheese. It's native to the tropical rainforest of Mexico. And it's actually a vine. So it climbs up onto the, the trunks of other trees. It initially became very popular in the 50s and 70s. And now it's having a resurgence. I mean, they are totally beautiful. So I have one and I got it, well, you know, it was a pro probably about 60 centimetres tall. And now it is over a metre. And I think I've only had it for maybe a year and a half or so. And it, it but it has, the, the leaves are just so pretty. And the green of it is so verdant. Uh, what, what kind of care do they like? What? what do they thrive on? I think they're one of the most iconic house plants. You tend to get them everywhere. The leaves are astonishing. You get all sorts of types. You get variegated white ones, pink ones, which are quite rare. But the as they're from tropical rainforest, they do like a lot of humidity. Uh, so if you have a light bath from a kitchen, that's quite humid, keep them there. Uh, a good mist, maybe twice a day. Uh, in the height of summer, usually once a day, because uh, I've got one as well, a climbing version um, uh, is recommended. So keep the humidities high and the soil tends to be quite damp as well. Do you, do you let them dry out between waterings? Yes. Uh, so I tend to do the finger dipping method. Uh, dip your finger in about five centimetres in if it's dry usually needs a little bit of water but do remember that when you do walk your plants water goes down so the bottom of the pot will be slightly damper than the top so you can lift the pot up if it's quite light then it definitely needs water if it's heavy it's full of water okay and so in in terms of its uh, its light conditions you said it is it's a native to mexico so does it does it therefore uh, like a lot of sun or um, or does it or does it sort of grow underneath other plants? So I see where you're coming from. Tropical areas of Mexico aren't anything like the conditions in the UK. Uh, they do tend to like bright indirect sunlight because they grow below the canopy, the climbing up on the trees. Uh, so don't put it in too bright conditions. Um, south facing windows further away from the sort of windows so not on the actual windowsill will be perfectly fine. If you do put them in bright sunlight, they won't die, they won't be miserable, but they need a lot more water and you have to maintain those humidity levels. Humidity is key to keeping a good monstera. When I look at my monst monstera, they, um, it has these really long, like I guess they are roots that come off the stem mm. and they just hang there. What are they? So they are aerial roots and in the native conditions, uh, they... Uh, grow from the ground obviously and they have to latch onto the nearest tree and they do this by using these uh, aerial roots so they clamp onto the tree trunk and then climb up and these aerial roots uh, if they can get water so if they clamp onto a damp area of a tree where there's moss 
they actually remain quite living and they take up water and nutrients acting like sponges like normal roots if they clamp onto quite a, a dry area of the tree they sort of go black and it's just support um, but what I would recommend uh, if your monstera is climbing is to use totem poles and you can actually make them yourself or buy them in modular packs you can put them on top of each other expand it so when the plant grows you can extend it you can get ones that are made of coir or moss you can obviously make them yourself and you just encourage them to grow by uh, putting these aerial roots, roots near these totem poles and tie them with string and as soon as they detect them the roots will go mad and help support the uh, plants and if you keep it moist it'll boost the growth of these plants because they can actually take in water if you don't want to water these totems uh, the roots will simply die back into a black sort of color and it'll still support the plant oh that's interesting i didn't know do you do you actually water the pole yes you you uh you can do the coir ones are slightly harder to water compared to the moss uh, moss is quite uh it sucks the moisture out of the atmosphere as well but i use uh, my mister uh i go up to the top of the totem and then put your hand around the top and then sort of spray the water out and you can see the water coming down it changes color so it's a darker color and the roots obviously detect it and they latch onto it and take as much water as possible so the roots will actually expand a little bit sort of like a sponge and that will boost the growth but as i said if you don't want to water them you don't have to it just won't uh, the leaves won't grow as big. So obviously, um, mine's already quite tall. I was just wondering, how tall can they actually grow? It depends on different species, but uh, the one we're talking about, the Deliciosa, uh, is the most common type, and they can grow up to 20 metres tall, and that's in our homes. And uh, obviously, most homes aren't that big. Uh, so you can trim them back. You can easily take cuttings, um, pop them into water. They are prolific growers. I would quite like to um, propagate my Deliciosa to make a few more. How do we propagate it? Are there, different, are there a couple of different methods that I could try? The most common method is just pure cuttings into water, which I've sort of just mentioned. So what you can do if the Monstera is growing too big, you can go up to the top leaf and just below the bottom, uh, the below leaf, uh, there's a little bump. It's the node. That's where you need to cut just above. So if you cut that and then pop it into water, you'll have roots within a week. But you have to make sure to clean out the water once a week because it'll go stale. But don't worry, that won't kill the plant. It will stop it growing so much. But eventually that little bump I've just mentioned will sort of bulge out and then you'll have two strands. And with the cutting, you can actually put it back into the pot to make your plant overall bushier. So just to recap, I always thought you had to cut it below the node. So the node would be the bit where the where the roots come out. But you are saying you actually need to cut it above the node. Yes, with most, with a lot of plants, it depends on species, but with a lot of plants, you do cut uh, in between nodes uh, so what you want is a leaf, a bump, and then you've got a stalk. You cut just above the node. So when you take that cutting off, if you put it into water, it will grow roots. And then you want to leave the node that, uh, that is remaining on the plant so it actually bushes out. Whereas if you cut uh, two further down, so you take uh, two nodes, you're going to hamper the growth and uh, of the plant. So it will still be bushier, but it'll just slow down. So it's more of an efficient method. 
Uh, those plants are so striking, partly because they have these massive gaps and holes and um, fanning out in them. What What is causing that? These plants evolved to be in very wet conditions. Uh, so it's an evolutionary uh, way of getting rid of water. Uh, so a lot of plants, especially in the tropics, want water to fan off quite quickly. They don't want water to stay around. It becomes murky and it rots. Uh, so these plants have evolved drainage holes, essentially, whereas uh, things like spider plants have evolved long, concave-shaped leaves. So it's almost like a guttering, so it gets rid of the water. So it's just purely to get rid of the water, essentially. That's so cool. That is such a design feature, or at least I find it such a beautiful design feature that it is actually serving just such a brilliant purpose. And I guess that is a good reminder that nature is not really um, there for necessarily for our satisfaction, <laughs> but it's very much there for its own drive to be in the best possible condition. Um, so... We haven't talked yet about what can go wrong with them. So can you tell us about that? Not getting enough light. So if it's in a no-facing window, if your house has a bit of a draft and you put it near that draft, it, it doesn't like cold breezes. Um, and then underwatering can be quite a problem. So if people forget to water their aerial roots or even the soil, it can dry out and the leaves start turning yellow. And in a survival strategy, survival mode, the leaves drop off, um, so it's trying to keep the humidity levels up. So that's a major issue with these uh, plants. Are there any other signs, um, like uh, on the leaves, that that are telltale sign of something going wrong? Uh, unfortunately, with these plants, most of the signs of stress. Uh, it's quite vague. It's mostly yellow. Uh, if the leaves, sometimes these plants have almost like a clear out. So they drop all the bottom leaves. So don't worry, that's natural. But when all the plants start start going a bit pale uh, and the leaves on the bottom aren't naturally dropping off, but they're bright yellow, that's a really bad indication that it needs water. Um, so you do need to keep a check on the water levels, the humidity levels for these plants. I know I always ask you this question, but what is your favourite? I do have a favourite. It's the Monstera Deliciosa. It's a, a white splotted variegated version now these things are rare and some of them go for thousands of tens of thousands of pounds on ebay and other sites so i won't be getting one anytime soon but they are gorgeous and believe it or not these plants are actually uh invasive species in places like hawaii and the, the seychelles these these things are weeds they're ripping them down whereas in our homes, we are spending hundreds of pounds to get these plants installed. It's just so interesting to realise that those plants that we really want and are quite happy to spend a relatively large amount for are just are just there everywhere. Perhaps I could add one more thing. So in the in the wild, these monstera produce fruit. Uh, it's very small orangey coloured fruit, and they're full of vitamin C. And apparently, it tastes like a combination of strawberry passion fruit mango and pineapple obviously in our homes they wouldn't produce fruit because it's not hot enough thanks so much for listening we hope you will join us again next time for more tips and tricks on how not to kill your plants if you'd like us to cover a specific plant or have any other questions you can get in touch via botanicaldoctor.co.uk